Hi everyone, this is Peter Levin, and you're listening to another episode of In Good Hands, a show about the companies and founders solving our climate crisis. Today, I interview Janesh Shah, founder and CEO of Easy Chef. Easy Chef is like Blue Apron, except with local restaurants. They work with local restaurants to create their own DIY kits from their menus and then deliver them to people who live in the neighborhood. But Easy Chef is just a small part of today's episode because Janesh's story is one of the most interesting that we've had on the show to date. It starts in Mumbai, where he gets his master's in computer science, and then quickly goes to New York City, where he starts his career in the world of finance, working at some of the biggest brands like Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. But then it transitions to good old San Francisco, where he starts his own startup, Milk Guys. But this is where the story gets really interesting because even though he manages to raise millions of dollars from some of the most prolific investors, the story of founding something of this nature is not all ups. It's not all highs. It comes with significant lows. And to Janesh's credit, he's really honest about this part of the story, about dealing with his own mental health issues, with physical health issues, even dealing with a questionable visa status. And in the episode, Janesh will recount what it was like going through the roller coaster ride that was Milk Guys, dealing with the loss of a loved one, and then ultimately starting his latest venture, Easy Chef. So first, I just want to thank Janesh for your courage in sharing this part of the story, the transparency, the honesty, the vulnerability. I, I just can't thank you enough for that. And to the listeners, I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Janesh Shah, not just founder and CEO of Easy Chef, but a human trying to have impact on the world. Janesh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. Uh, appreciate you having me here. So Janesh, before we jump into your fascinating backstory and how you got to where you are today, let's start with what is Easy Chef? So Easy Chef is a startup initiative in Mumbai that I launched a few weeks ago that's meant to connect local restaurants with their patronage in the form of very easy, quick DIY kits that help customers get that in-restaurant dining experience that they can't obviously go truly in person now because of coronavirus. It helps them bring that home and it, this becomes a cooking experience. Most of the hard work is taken care of by the restaurants. This brings them a new revenue line so that they can hopefully pay some of their employees or keep some of more of their employees. And equally, the customers have a very easy, quick way to recreate the dishes they ate at restaurants without much hassle at all. You never get food that's mashed up or soggy or bad in texture or taste. So this is basically an initiative to try and help the local economy in a way a bit through ways of the food tech industry, one that I love. So Janesh, I'm looking forward to exploring how you actually came to start that and what it's like operating it in the early days in your home in Mumbai. But I think it, it would be really interesting to rewind to the early days of your first foray into entrepreneurship. And I think a good place to start is your immigration from Mumbai to the States. What initially brought you to the wonderful city of New York? The wonderful city, indeed. 
Yeah, so back in 2006, I think around August, it's around the time I just finished up my bachelor's in computer science slash information technology in Mumbai and took a lot of deep interest, of course, in computer science itself, but also in the finance markets in India through friends and family, perhaps, and reading about it a lot. And then it just made sense for me to want to go chase higher education, computer science, uh, and where better than go to New York City, the mecca of the global financial world. So I went to NYU to pursue my master's in computer science and math finance. That's how I landed up there. And I think what's really interesting is Wall Street is, for many people, seen as the pinnacle of where you end up if you want to operate in the world of finance. But what's interesting about your journey is that after a few years of working at the biggest companies on Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, you actually start transitioning out of finance entirely. So my question for you about that junction in your life is, what inspired the transition out of finance and where did you go next? Yeah, it was definitely a great time working at these companies. I learned a lot during this time. And, and I was lucky to work with some some really smart folks. And, and we had some good challenges to solve there. But that said, I mean, I, I guess around the time of 2012 or so, I started really just getting my quarter life crises and started more deeply inspecting how I walked, how I talked, how I ate and why I did those things. And if it was just a function of, of the way I grew up in a certain culture or did it truly align consciously with some of the principles I wanted to live by? And in that process, uh, I started thinking, hey, I could be working on 10,000 other kind of different roles around the world using my skill sets in the world of tech and finance and product and, and data analytics. And what else could I be doing that is, that is truly an impact that I love? And so I started transitioning out to tech companies that are focused on solving problems I could truly relate to. I mean, the first one along that journey was ZocDoc in New York. It's like an open table, but for doctor's appointments and truly sort of fixing that supply-demand gap in, in people looking for healthcare and not having to go to emergency rooms and, and improving that whole process overall. But that was that initial sort of leap. And then I moved to San Francisco at the end of 2013 and joined a company called Yammer, which had been recently acquired at the time by Microsoft. And it was basically... The reason why I transitioned out of the, the investment banks, but parallelly during this time, another sort of chapter in my life or aspect of my life started growing, which relates to the alternative protein industry. And I, I think what's, what's really funny about this point is you spent all these years in the concrete jungle, right? The biggest companies, even some of these startups, like today, Yammer acquired for, what was it, $2 billion. ZocDoc, definitely a billion-dollar company now. I mean, these are massive companies, and they give you great things, right? Great salary, health benefits, you know, all, all the goodies. And then for whatever reason, the kind of crazy entrepreneur inside of you says, you know what? I want to dump all of that and go after my own thing. So for everyone listening – Janesh starts a company called Milk Guys. So Janesh, tell the story about the eureka moment behind Milk Guys and how you came to start it. Yeah. So like after about, say, what is it, 
three to four years in San Francisco from the end of 2013 all the way up to the end of 2017, I had already, or the end of 2016, sorry, I had already spent time working doing product management, data analytics, an element of tech amongst all of this, of course, and software engineering, and a bit of business development as well with Yammer and a small company called AirPR Small at the time, Series A. I joined to head a product there. And in 2017, after my stint at AirPR, I took a break and started assimilating all this sort of knowledge and research that I'd been building up since 2013. Um, in 2013, I'd switched to sort of a conscious lifestyle choice to go away from any kind of animal consumption, be it for my food or any kind of other consumption in life. And the reason I go back there is, is, is that this was the key sort of root cause of a lot of this stuff. That personal decision turned quickly into curiosity about what's happening in this industry. Like, what is the world doing to, in order to facilitate our move away from the dependence on animal agriculture as it stands uh, today, which is one of the worst offenders of the, the climate in this world, the, the, the root cause of a lot of problems like biodiversity loss, uh, food security in the future, pollution of our lands, water, and air, more than all the transportation in the world combined. And it's just resource consumption in order to deliver a tiny portion of our actual protein and food needs is basically what led me to wanting to know more about this industry. And then in the years I was working with other companies in Silicon Valley, I was moonlighting on the all-protein industry, connecting with everyone I could sort of connect with, researching it a lot, researching the traditional meat and dairy industries. And through that process, I, I, in 2017, after giving up on trying to find a job in this space, because all the founders in the space at the time, uh, a lot of good companies uh, like, you know, uh, Perfect Day, Just, you know, Purple Carrot, many other companies like that were kind and helpful to me, Memphis Meats as well. But I was either too underqualified or too overqualified to work at those. And then eventually, that led me to going back to my book of, of which problem gaps I could solve. The one that really stood out was trying to solve for the discovery and access to plant-based foods and plant-based alternatives to animal products and make that easy for everybody, not just for vegans, but for flexitarians which in my view will move the needle the most in terms of uh, the global impact due to diet. And after trying out a few different ideas and meeting a friend's friend and acquaintance as a co-founder during that year, we both decided to co-found Milk Guys at the end of the year in December 2017, which basically was a vegan e-commerce platform and the largest selection of plant-based alternatives to animal products, seafood, poultry, dairy, and meat. And we started delivering just in the San Francisco area and then, yeah, quickly started growing from there. And you can see, you know, as a consumer, why this is such a slam dunk. If, if you're someone that has even the slightest interest of exploring the vegetarian or flexitarian diet, you don't want to have to put in the work. You don't want to have to go to a grocery store, know which things work, don't work, Google them to see that they hit the criteria Milk Guys solves all of that for you. You go in knowing that you've already done the hard work. So talk me about the first mile because starting starting an online grocery store, while it's great for the consumer, I know is hell for the operator. What did that first mile look like for you and Milk Guys? 
So I should stitch together two perhaps important parts to this piece here. One, going into milk, as you said very rightly, running food operations for a startup in the background is is not an easy job. Though, you know, when I started in December, there was a few other things going on in life, which made it a bit more adventurous, let's say, to start Milk Guys for me at the time. I had been unemployed on an employment visa for a full year by that point, no income for that whole year. I was not living at my own place because I couldn't afford the rent anymore. So I'd been living for free at different friends' places, crashing on sleeping bags and couches the whole time. I had broken a disc in my lower back a month before we launched Milk Guys, which of course required like plenty of physical operational work as well uh, on our part as co-founders to begin with. And uh, yeah, it, and I was also going through the first ever phase of depression and anxiety I had identified for myself in life. So all that packed together, one would say probably not the best time to start a company, but then then once we launched Milk Guys, initially what we were doing is just putting together a list of all of the plant-based alternative products that I had been regularly consuming for years in San Francisco across the Bay Area, we just put that together, like the, the full inventory uh, or like set of SKUs available at a combination of Whole Foods and Safeway and Target and then a, you know, individual vegan grocery store. And we just took that layer of abstraction, you know, put it in the middle. And so the customer just felt like they were ordering something on an Amazon or an Instacart, but then we would just deliver it. You know, we'd go to the hard work ourselves, collect it from all these different stores and make it available to the customer. So we started with zero inventory. And then quickly, as we started seeing some growth, I didn't have a place, but we started like putting some freezers and fridges at my co-founder's place and a garage for some time we were able to uh, rent out for a short amount of time within that building. Oh my God. All right. So just to recap, so you're starting this with what appears to be the opposite of a recipe for success. Break your back. You're dealing with uh, tricky immigration status, um, trying to figure out the whole visa situation on no income, without a home to live in, and dealing with depression, anxiety. I mean, it is the exact opposite of what it feels like. Um, You'd want to start something that is already almost bound for imminent failure. Startup is, in and of itself, a massive experiment. <laughs> to start, you're going to, to different places, you're hand-delivering all of these goods, you're putting freezers into your co-founder's apartment. It's nuts. And then, despite all of this, you end up raising millions of dollars. How, okay, t- talk me through that. How does... What appears to be just this ball of disaster, how does this then manifest in you know, a multi-million dollar fundraise from some of the most prolific investors in the Valley? Yeah, surely, statistically, completely not aligned to try, you know, finding any success in the startup world, you're right. But I think the key thing I know throughout that phase of depression and anxiety and before that, the reason why I decided to explore this industry was this is truly since that time and continues to be a life mission for me as in the alternative protein industry and the future of the food industry and taking our overall consumption, including food and other materials away from animal husbandry. Cause I think there's, this is probably the greatest impact I can make 
in my lifetime, based on all my analysis and research and conversations with members across industries around the world. And so, yeah, we just pushed hard. Luckily, I'd spent time getting to know people and the industry and the products and for a few years before we, we launched Milk Guys. And uh, that all helped all of that sort of pre-prep, so to say, you know, like success is not overnight, even though we got accepted into YC within the first four months of launching. And we raised two and a half million dollars in seed funding from top tier VCs like Kosla and, you know, 50 years and also an entity by the name of Jason Kidd, the two-time Olympian Hall of Famer of the NBA. So while all of that feels like sort of this overused term in a way, overnight success. This was like years of preparation in the back. I think that helped, you know, us accelerate the company ahead. And uh, yeah, it was a dream come true. Until then, I was only sort of looking at entities like YC and these big VC names, uh, you know, uh, celebrities. It's just sort of a distant thing. And and so it was it was crazy. Just just passion and blood, sweat, and tears in the literal sense. This sounds. It's too cheesy of me to say about you know our own startup, but it, it was literally all those, and, and we had a small team which was also you know pushing super hard. So it was all of us together in it. Man, I I don't know what else to say outside of even just the courage it takes to to try to deal with you know your own mental health, your physical health, your financial health, all of these things. You're trying to juggle, you're trying to deal with that, and despite it, you're kind of compelled to do whatever it takes because of this impact that you want to see through into the world. And you do it. I mean, like what what you accomplished at that point in that journey is something that the vast majority of people on earth will never be able to accomplish. So man, that just like the amount of courage and the inspiration is is insane. What happens next? You close the round of funding. I'm guessing what is this January 2018 or talk me through after the the funding closes, what happens next in kind of the milk guys journey in your time there? Yeah, so We'd launched Milk Guys in December 2017, and then we'd gone through YC in the summer of 18. And then this was around August, September, when we closed our round of funding and, and all that sort of money was truly in the bank. It was truly done. We'd close a round of successful funding at a very healthy valuation. And this was all just sort of a dream ride. Of course, it required us working hard, but we were seeing some amazing results. And the one thing that started to happen more is somewhere my relationship with my co-founder wasn't in a great place by that point. And it had gotten worse very quickly right after all that money hit the bank. I'd seen a lot of red flags along the way and him sort of claiming himself to be the founder of the company and the one who cared about the world and, and climate change and animals as well. And, and I love anyone who wants to care about them and reflects sort of them and their actions too, if they claim so. And I started the company with him while he was not leading a plant-based lifestyle in the understanding that, hey, it's great. Like this is a good set of perspectives that comes into play from me being plant-based and not being plant-based and trying to take out different target segments, right? And the problem was my identity was starting to be stolen. I was being bad mouthed behind my back. Well, I, on the other hand, was trying to think, hey, let's keep 
any sort of you know disagreements we have within the company and we mature as we get to know each other better as co-founders we don't have a deep sort of relationship before this so we'll just make it along the way i trusted him sort of really as a brother that whole time and and I'd taken months and months of 2017 to introduce him to the whole industry. And so I think things were great, but then suddenly things started getting really bad. And I was very quickly within the first couple of months after that fundraise, basically cheated out of my own startup where I'd owned, where I'd owned like half of the company. And, and that was really hard to take. I mean, being pushed out of your own startup in any circumstance is, is hard enough. Uh, when you're not stable on other fronts in life, it's even harder. And, and also when you feel like you've developed a very good relationship with your co-founder and then to see this giant sort of downturn being forced into sort of a settlement with the company that was, that were threats on my immigration status and, you know, threats related to me and him, like together having consumed the California greens, quote unquote, which are obviously legal there. Like this just seemed like, like really below the belt and, and, and just really bad the way it panned out then. And so I parted ways at the end of 2018 uh, from Milk Guys and kept a small part of the company and continued my journey on. And Milk Guys continued to, of course, exist. And at that point, it was continuing to grow. We had, we'd gone from San Francisco to the Bay Area to the West Coast and then subsequently in 2019 national. Dude, I can't, I can't even imagine. I think... The tricky thing that I hear in that storytelling is when it comes to starting a company, which in effect could be at minimum a seven to 10 year relationship if the goal is some type of meaningful financial outcome. It's in many ways kind of like a romantic relationship. You know, you date first, you test the waters, you get to know somebody. And then you say, Hey, I, I, I want to pursue something seriously over a long period of time. Right. And the same thing you can say in a co-founding relationship, you know, ideally you've developed this sense of trust between two people, maybe multiple people. And only after then do you guys say, you know, what, let's, Let's go after it, right? Let's try to have an impact on the world. And to see, you know, despite all the things, all the blood, sweat, and tears you put in, actually bringing this to life, you get cheated out of it, man. It's really sad. It's really tough. I mean, your identity is in many ways attached to this venture. How do you navigate the next steps in your personal life and your professional journey? Yeah, it was really hard indeed. It was one of the deepest sort of lows in my life. And when you hit that stage very quickly after having had hit one of the highest sort of highs in your life is a pretty sharp fall. So it was really rough in many ways. And the first thing I did, of course, was, was try to, in the quickest way possible, get the settlement, which I closed at a huge disadvantage. Uh, but I thought, you know, this is the right time for me to sort of retreat, rest, and reevaluate. And there's a timing for everything. And so I moved back to Mumbai from San Francisco, where we started Milk Guys. And I was here for about three months back at my parents' place. This is the end of 2018 and beginning of 2019. Just took some time, made some connections here in the alternative protein and the tech industry, and 
then it was just like trying to not focus on milk guys related conversations and news and therapy helped. Yeah. I definitely talking, uh, to someone and being able to put together different pieces of, uh, your puzzles, getting a different perspective on it was helpful, but I can't understate how hard it is, man. Pushed me back into depression and anxiety for, for a good chunk of time. And yeah, man, but you learn. It taught me a lot. This, this experience taught me a lot of lessons, things that I should have done better. I shouldn't have been naive about. And you know, like they say, failure is the best teacher. And, and in this case, I learned a lot of really valuable lessons along the way. Yeah. Wow, man. I mean, hey, to, to, to before I, I jump to what you're working on now, just to see, you know, how you've been able to build yourself back up. And if anyone looks at what you've worked on post Milk Eyes, they would have never known that that was part of your journey. I mean, you've continued to have significant impact on the world in this category through a number of different ventures and initiatives. So I, I want to segue to the next part of your professional journey. And I'm looking here, it, it looks like you've done a number of things, right? You take a board seat at Nutramake, which is a pretty massive, right? India plant-based meal supplement company. You work at uh, the Good Food Institute as an innovation fellow. How does all these different puzzle pieces ultimately lead to you starting Easy Chef? Yeah, there's a bit of a, a couple of interesting sort of events along the way, which I think would be fair to mention as to what really led me here. In early 2019, I was lucky to work on a consulting project on international expansion with Just, which used to be called Hampton Creek in the past, and it's uh, headed up by their founder, Josh Tetrick, and I worked with him and his team, and, and I had a relationship with him before this in the industry, uh, and so we decided to you know work on this together, and it was wonderful to get that opportunity. Post that in July, something big happened in life. It was sort of that immigrant's worst nightmare where I got a call from home saying my sister, uh, who just had developed a regular fever a couple of days ago, was deteriorating really fast in terms of her health and that she's been hospitalized. And then roughly a day after that, I basically just flew back to Mumbai without knowing how... I would come back on my visa, this employment visa where I wasn't employed. And I took with me just like a laptop backpack, a carry-on bag, which is what I'd been living out of for the last three years. And I just moved back home. And unfortunately, before I landed, my only sibling, my sister, passed away at the age of 36. And so this was a big blow. She's like my best friend in this world. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty hard setback at the time, also being just pulled away from my life in San Francisco and not being able to face the fact that I haven't had my last word with my sister, living in the same room as her in my parents' place. Like, it's it just like layers of complexity there. But again, it was like the worst lows. Like, being cheated out of milk guys felt nothing in front of what just happened. Um, while it was still bad. But uh, yeah, uh, and then after taking a few months to recuperate, 
a couple of more deaths, of course, happened in the family around that time. I lost my first cousin also suddenly at the age of 36 and my grandmother a couple of months ago. So this was a, this was a very hard period personally, but I decided the only thing that will keep me sane is chasing my passion and doing work of impact and tried to, again, focus on the all-protein industry. I was lucky to get opportunities to work with some amazing founders and companies here in India since the end of 2019. And now through this phase in 2020, both early-stage startups, e-commerce platforms like Vegan Dukan, early-stage startups like you know Plant Bite Foods, NutriMake, Good Dot, which is like the Beyond Meat of India, and the Good Food Institute in India, which is doing some great work trying to create a foundation for this industry here in India. And so I thought, you know, use all this time and, and do as much work as I can, help organize conferences to help build a foundation here. And then that all led up to the COVID phase, um, which just like turned all of our worlds upside down. And during that time, I was looking at what can I do as, as my part here in terms of trying to help solve some of the problems. I'm not a doctor. I can't be on the front lines. I'm not a researcher who create the next vaccine or the medicine. And so one thing that came to mind is that the local restaurants have taken a big hit in terms of their businesses being shut, losing employees, completely losing any form of footfall, you know, and, and slowly trying to operationally drudge back into operation here in Mumbai. We're still locked down as we speak and, and to some limited levels, but still quite a lot. And so I thought, why not sort of do something related to the food tech arena and the all protein arena, the one that I really like marry that we're trying to solve a problem here and also the pandemic of course has a lot of its roots in in the animal agriculture industry even a recent report by the un environmental program clearly states that the top two out of seven reasons future pandemics will happen past have happened is animal agriculture animal husbandry and putting all that together created easy chef easy chef basically brings diy kits from restaurants that people in Mumbai love because we started in Mumbai and working with them to create DIY kits where they do more of the complicated part of the magic of the preparation that they do to create the beautiful dishes that they create. And then we get that DIY kit delivered directly to a customer where they can within five to 15 minutes of easy assembly and heating up, create, recreate that great restaurant dish at home without it ever being soggy, without it ever being mashed up, just delivering that really good uh, restaurant sort of dining experience at home. And as a result, bringing restaurants a new revenue line. And that was the thought behind it. I uh, went from concept to an MVP launch in about two, two and a half weeks. And it's been a few weeks since launch. And, and, and I'm fortunate to have a couple of amazing restaurant partners locally in Mumbai on board where we're delivering you know, 100% plant-based kits from them to the customers. And the focus on this platform will always be plant-based, vegetarian and vegan, but very much so on the plant-based world. Man, I just want to, I just want to take a second to pause because, and I, I just, I don't want to gloss over everything you said at the top of, of that response, because really, if you, if you zoom out and you look at, what the last few years have looked like for you specifically. I'm kind of at a loss for words because, you know, something that I, I care deeply about and it's why I do this show is to 
inspire hope in people that the future is going to look better than it is today. There's so much doom and gloom in the news. And a remedy to that narrative is by showcasing founders and stories like the ones that you're telling so that people know, hey, A, things are getting worked on today despite how challenging, and B, that these are people just like every one of us that are trying to manifest a better world into existence. And so I think the takeaway from your story is that if you can do what you're doing right now, despite everything that you've been through, all of it, the financial hardship, the mental, your own mental roller coaster, dealing with the loss of a loved one, kicked out of your own startup. I mean, the list goes on, frankly. Then anyone can do this. So, I, you know, I, I just wanted to emphasize that point that you really are an inspiration for me and for anyone else that has any hesitation about starting something they want to go after to have their own impact in the world. You can do it. And to see, you know, just to, to fast forward to what you're working on now with Easy Chef, dude, this is brilliant. It's like taking everything that makes Blue Apron great and localizing it. Everyone has a restaurant, a couple restaurants in their area that they love. And what better way to both, A, support them through this time, B, also have the stuff that you love and C, while helping the planet, by supporting a food system that is inherently planet-friendly, it's a win-win-win across the board. So my question for you now is, what's the moonshot here, right? In five years, where is Easy Chef and what's the impact you think it could have in the world? Thanks for the kind words, first of all, man. And, and I honestly draw my inspiration from tons of people I've met who've had very harsh circumstances as well. And I think, yes, the one key takeaway I I also want to leave with people somehow is that if someone like me can do it in these circumstances, hey, good things can happen in really bad times, you know. And to answer your question, Moonshot, um, yeah, initially started this to start just creating impact. My idea was no matter how, how much small of a revenue impact I make by the end of the, the coronavirus period, I would have brought back some revenue, some meaningful revenue to these restaurants and some good dining experiences to customers. But the longer term view for me is that there is truly a place for this in the market. There is a place where people want to eat, you know, the restaurant food that they get, but they're looking for that restaurant experience as well um, in terms of that food quality being how it is when they sit at the restaurant and it's served fresh like hot on their table. And so that's the, the gap I want to try and bridge, but equally want to bring newer, more interesting collaborations into play. I already at the moment, we'll hopefully bring it live very, very soon in the coming weeks. I'm working on collaborations with some celebrity chefs and some major, you know, FMCG slash, you know, as they call as we call them here, FMCG companies or CPG companies to bring unique collaborations in the plant-based world with plant-based meat and dairy products infused into existing restaurants, menus, creating exclusive sort of, you know, food experiences for people along the way and sort of truly becoming one of the flag bearers of eating better for the planet 
in a way that's fun for people to, to sort of discover. It's a long way to go. It's a small start, but I think there is a really strong potential for this to grow in, in not just in India, but in, I think, several different markets globally. Amazing. Before we part ways, I would love to roll out the red carpet for you. Um, you've been so gracious with your time. So I just want to give you the opportunity to leave our listeners with any, it could be a final call to action. It could be an announcement. It could be a hiring need. Anything that you'd like to leave with our listeners, the floor is yours. Thank you, first of all, for your time as well today and for giving me this platform um, to speak and share my story. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Peter. One key thing, a couple of key things come to mind that I'd like to leave. One, and I think a big part of it is we're all constantly learning. So am I. So uh, if there are any folks that I could add value to in their sort of personal entrepreneurial journeys or even as they want to work and make their way into the alt protein industry, you know, please feel free to reach out and connect with me um, on LinkedIn or even an email to janish at easychef.in. And I would love to, to learn about your stories as well. And, and we need a lot more really smart people like yourself too, Peter, in, in this space and pushing or, or using some of their time and effort to pushing this industry ahead because it's a great place to do business and it's a great place to have impact both, right? It's, it's not just impact. And yeah, beyond, beyond it all, you know, good things can happen in really bad times. And I don't have a long way to go and achieve, you know, things that, you know, uh, there's a lot of other people have done a ton more in the alternative protein world, some of my idols. So I'm just getting started. But uh, yeah, crazy things can happen in these bad times when you think nothing can come out of it. Janesh, thank you so much again. I, I'm looking forward to sharing this with our community and i look forward to, to having you on for round two pretty soon a complete pleasure peter thank you so much for your time if you enjoyed the episode please consider subscribing and writing us a review also if you have any recommendations about a founder or a company that you'd like to see on the show let us know message us on social at in good hands also special shout out to dan mahoney who produced this week's episode, and Eddie Knuckles, our music director. I'm your host, Peter Levin. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Peter A. Levin. And that's it. Looking forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday. <laughs>